Welcome to Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Marie. I'm an embodiment life coach here to help you live an empowered and soulful life. I guide women towards self-healing to take back their power so that they can start living life by their own rules and embrace their true authenticity. This podcast is your go-to where I will be giving you all the tools and resources to start the process of self-healing, doing the deep inner work, and developing your spiritual wellness. There is so much power in embodying your true self, but we often allow fear and comfortability control our lives, keep us playing small, and settling for less than we deserve. By learning to rewire your subconscious, you will discover your truest and your highest self. You will learn how to take back control and flip the switch on your life. So thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. I have an amazing guest today. Her name is Lynn Rivers. She is a functional health and wellness expert and educator. She teaches people all over the world how to take back their health into their own hands, mind, body, and spirit. And she's had over 15 years of holistic health experience and also lived experience, like you guys, the conversation we were having, her near-death experiences, her loss, her trauma, her past has made her into the who she is today. And it is such a jam-packed episode with nuggets, with insights, with moments where you are dropping your jaw. And at the end of the day, we dive deeper into how you need to create your own reality, how your health needs to be number one, and how you have to stop playing victim to society and to yourself. And she is just a beautiful embodiment of tragedy that turned into new trajectory for her life. The The stuff that she talks about is just so inspiring, so awe-opening where it will have you taking action as soon as you leave this podcast. I mean, for me, I'm like, okay, like I need to stop playing small in certain areas of my life. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to do the action, do the work. And so Lynn is just such an incredible speaker and I'm so excited to have her on. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Dallas freezing rain sort of vibe right now, which isn't great, but <laughs> um, I would love to hear a little bit more about uh, your life and a little bit more about who you are. And so, yeah, I would uh, love for you to just kind of speak on who you are as a human being. Yeah, That's sure. So First off, though, it's actually raining here in San Diego. It's been raining all day. Is it? It's amazing. It's so perfect. It's like 65 out still. So I'm uh. not completely. <laughs> um, oh my god <laughs> anyway so I'm Lynn Rivers and I'm a functional health and wellness expert and I teach people all around the world how to take their health into their own hands and actually heal through chronic health conditions and mental disorders of many different kinds and the reason I do this was actually because my journey uh, the first 30 plus years of my life easily were pretty tumultuous. I had a lot of illness as a child, pneumonia when I was one in three, which created a lot of trauma. And I had asthma my entire childhood and teens, and I was always on steroids and medications. And it turned into a lot of gut dysbiosis. I had hormonal imbalances, endometriosis, suicidal wow. depression, 
And my organs were just shutting down at certain parts of my life. I had two near-death experiences. One was at the same time that my partner was diagnosed with cancer and died of the same cancer that my mom died of. And the majority of my family actually died before I was 15 and the rest soon followed after. So I had a lot of things to work through physically, mentally, emotionally. There was just a lot of things that I had to navigate and I had to do it by myself. I didn't have family members to help me. I didn't have external sources. And so I took that on as my life journey, right? Like to really learn about me and about healing and what it meant to actually heal. And so I started holistic nutrition very early on in life when I was 18 years old, right after (laughs) I was out of high school. And that turned into so many different modalities. I went to massage therapy, Eastern, Western modalities, and spiritual counseling, life coaching, all of these different modalities. And then functional medicine came in and that was kind of the game changer for me. That's Mm -hmm. where my entire being started shifting And I was actually healing and stepping into much bigger aspects of my life. And so now I'm really teaching people how to overcome so many different chronic conditions instead of just continuing to go to a Western medical system where they just keep masking the symptoms. And Mm -hmm. it's been a really amazing journey to get to where I'm at right now. Mm, Wow. So many things that I want to delve deeper into, but first what was your experience? Did you ever have an experience with Western medicine or, cause you mentioned around 18, that's when you got into holistic health. And so yes. for a lot of us, usually it's like, okay, we just go to the doctor, we get a pill. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of us are waking up and myself included, like I'm, I'm very conscious of like, do I actually have to go to the doctor or can I try to heal this myself? And so I have a, I have a few functional medicine humans in my back pocket mm-hmm. now, which is awesome. Become best friends with them because you were going to learn so much about yourself. Um, and so I would love to hear a little bit more of like, how was that transition for you? Because I think a part of my mission as well is not only helping people emotionally transform, but also waking them up to listening to the intuitions of their body. So mm-hmm. how was that experience for you? Or were you just like born with that, so to speak, of just like, oh, I know something's happening. Okay. Like this is the avenue I can go into. No. So my entire childhood, I was in the Western medical system and I just kept getting sicker and sicker and doctors were always I hear the, the, a lot of what people hear is you're just going to have to learn to manage this. You're just going to have to learn to deal with this. You're going to have this yeah. rest of your life. And that was what they deemed me with asthma. And as I got older and started being able to understand my body more, I was maybe 16 when I really started asking bigger questions because I was on so many antidepressants. I was on, you know, steroids for the asthma, inhalers, all of these different things. And Um, my entire family went in and out of the Western medical system and never got better. They just ended up dying. And I watched them be put on so many, you know, different pharmaceuticals and those pharmaceuticals caused other issues. And it was just like this cascade. And I'm sitting here watching this. And at 16, I had to think a whole lot more for myself very early on than most people because my mom died four days after my 15th birthday. And I grew up with an alcoholic father. So he had no idea what I was doing. And so there was a point where I went to the doctors for, it was a yeast infection of some kind. I can't exactly remember what, but they just, she's like, okay, well, here's another antibiotic cream. Take this, use this, do all of these different antibiotics. And it just kept coming back over and over again. And there was a point where it was definitely divine intervention. It was guidance from something higher that said, there's a better way. 
And that was my first step. And we had dial up internet at the time. I was like 17 years old at this point. And it was like AOL. It took like 20 minutes to boot. And it was new, right? The internet was new. So I had no idea what what I was going to find online, but I typed in natural ways to get rid of XYZ. And sure enough, this thing popped up and I was like, well, I haven't gotten better. So I'm going to try this. And sure enough, I try it. It went away within two days and never came back. And that for me was the journey of there's something so much bigger that we're not being shown and I'm going to figure out what it is. And I got rid of my own asthma. I mean, I had chronic, like I would go through an inhaler a month, right? Just, it was really bad. And I got rid of my asthma when I was probably, I want to say before 19 years old, it didn't take long once I figured out like, Hey, there's ways to heal the body. And then it just progressed. And I, I started going to school for all of the holistic approaches and, and it just cascaded. And then I started working with people in ways where they were in the Western medical system. And I was able to get them off of their diabetic medications. And then it just kind of started cascading. And it was just, it just turned into this really mind-blowing awareness that we are sick and there is a reason and we need to understand the reason instead of just like covering up the symptoms. Because the reality is when you go to the hospital and they diagnose you with something, whether it's chronic fatigue, whether it's fibromyalgia, whether it's Alzheimer's, any of these conditions that you're diagnosed with, those are symptoms of an imbalance in your body. And you need to understand what the imbalance is and not mask the symptoms. Those aren't actual cases. Those are symptoms that your body is showing you saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, something's wrong. We need to be corrected. Right. And so that's where I went into it. Wow. I resonate with a lot of, or I should say align with a lot of what you're sharing. Um, I feel when I was growing up, my mom was, she was definitely like Western, but she was also like, let's try to heal things on her own. And so I feel like I kind of got a little bit of both, but of course, like it was so much easier to grab an, grab an Advil, so much easier to go to the doctor for a UTI or whatever. And so as I've been on my healing and spiritual journey over now going on year four, I really recognize like, oh my goodness, like we can literally heal ourselves and don't get me wrong. There are times where I just quickly grab the aspirin or grab the Advil, but I'm learning to really listen to the body because I'm with you. I feel like it's dis-ease in our body. It's not just, oh, I have a cold or it's not just like, oh, there's pain in my stomach or uh, PCOS. And, you know, gratefully, I feel I don't have to deal with those symptoms. So I don't know what it really feels like to really have a chronic illness because sometimes that intervention of Western medicine, I'm sure is like life-saving for a lot of people. So I want to just like put a disclaimer there and also share that when you really get deeper, just into the concept of, I love what you've said of the root cause, like they're Mm -hmm. just symptoms. And when you really understand that you can dive deeper into what it looks like for your own healing journey and what you need. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, so the way that I like to explain this is the Western medical system is great for acute conditions. If you're, if your appendix ruptured, like minded, go to the hospital. If you are, you need an amputation or something's happening because there's, you know, you need to be sewn back together or something, go to the Western medical system. That's what they're set up for. That's what they were originally set up for. Mm. Right. But with chronic conditions, you're not going to get better. If you continue going that route and just masking the symptoms, you're never going to actually get better. 
You right. need to understand what's actually happening and correct it and do yourself that, that favor, right? Because a lot of people go for the quick, the quick fix because they don't want to take the time. But the reality yeah. is you are your entire existence. Like you're not going to get by in this world without your body, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're with it the rest of your entire life. And if you're looking five years from now and you're going to be in the same position or worse, is that really something that you want for yourself, Right. And so I think investing in yourself is like the most important thing you can do. And we're at this time in our existence where we have inf the information accessible to us. So there's no excuse anymore. We mm. know this stuff and it's being put out there. And so when you hear this, it's like you can make excuses. You can make all the excuses in the world, but it, it comes down to, are you going to play the victim or are you going to actually take responsibility for your life and create something so much better and become something so much more? I love that. And that's a great segue into like the next topic of not playing a victim to society and yourself, because I I also have witnessed in like in different experiences where, you know, it is, it's like the first step, I think in your healing journey and whatever, whether that's like a physical healing journey or an emotional spiritual healing journey, it is taking self responsibility and taking radical ownership of everything. And I feel for a lot of us like confronting the person in the mirror is the hardest step. But once you get there and you drop the ego, it's like, okay, it's a little bit more smooth sailing. And mm -hmm. so I would love Lynn, if you could talk a little bit more about what that, what that identity shifting looks like to really take ownership of yourself and how has that shifted for you? And for a lot of us, I know that that could be the most confronting part, which is taking ownership of everything in your life, whatever you have and whatever is in it. Because a lot of the times we want to blame other people, right? And truthfully, it's ourselves. And it's not to say there's something wrong with you, but truly like, what are you attracting? And how can we start to like, look at the person in the mirror? And so Lynn, I would love to ask you, how has that experience been for you on your journey? And what, what does it actually mean to like not play a victim to society? I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. So first off, I really like to remind people that you literally are what you attract and that we are vibrations. We are frequencies. You know, it's not a woo-woo thing. It's literally a scientific thing that we are energy. And so what you are putting out into the world is what you are getting back. You're attracting what you're putting out. And so for a lot of people, they like to complain about what they're bringing into their life without ever stopping to ask, what am I putting out into the world, right? Yeah. And for myself, I did play victim for a very long time. I had a lot of traumatic things happen in the past and it was tumultuous and it happened regularly. And so I was always asking, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And mm -hmm. always just playing victim as an adult. Mind you, I was in my 20s when I was doing this. Yeah. And there became a point where I realized, sure, Everything that happened in my past when I was young, I didn't have control over. I couldn't tell my parents to stop doing whatever they were doing. I couldn't tell people to stop, you know, doing things around me. But as an adult, it's for me to take responsibility and see like, okay, these are things that I went through. Let me navigate them. And now how do I want to move forward with my life? How do I want to utilize this to either become a better person or to share knowledge from it, right? How do I attract better things into my life. And that's by me being a better person and putting out my best self into the world, which yeah. means knowing who I am. I know who I am. I know what I want. I sit with my thoughts. I 
I acknowledge every single step of what I'm doing in my daily existence. And I've dated some people who they couldn't understand. They're like, how do you find these things within yourself? You know, like they're surprised because they're like, I have to go to therapy to figure out these mm-hmm. things for a long time. But for myself, I've, I've had to sit with myself for, I would say I sat with myself for about seven years in a lot of solitude, not, not being in society that often because I wanted to understand why I was attracting those things. Because if I was going to continue attracting those situations, I don't want to keep putting myself out there. I don't want to keep getting hurt or attracting. Here's the big one. So the way that I really like to emphasize this is I literally attracted a partner who died of the same cancer that my mom died of. (laughs) That is literally, I was bringing forth all of my past and pain and not healing through it. So instead I kept attracting situations that were going to match that same vibration. Mm-hmm. And so I searched and found the perfect person who was going to continue bringing that forth. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was in that moment with this specific partner where I realized that first off, I had absolutely no control over their journey because I used to think like, oh, if only I knew now what I knew then with my mom, I could have saved my mom. Mm. There comes this other situation where I'm like, oh my God, no, I can't. Because I watched my partner go through the struggle and actually saw her sink into this moment of, I don't want to, I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep, I don't want to stay in this life. She Mm. was getting better. And I actually watched her turn and decide, I don't want to do things differently. I think I want to keep going down the path. Hey, I just wanted to interrupt this episode really quick to just lovingly remind you if you have a specific question, if you are loving this episode, please go to the link in the show notes and click the question box. We want to hear from you what the topics and the personal questions you want answered here on the podcast. And if you are enjoying this episode, please give us some stars and write a review. Let's get right back to the episode. And she had a really rough upbringing and she just didn't, she and I were very similar in the, in the realm of there had to be something more, but she was more afraid of continuing this life than she was of actually dying. And it was in that moment that I realized like, oh my God, I I have zero control over another person's life, but I do over mine. Mm -hmm. And in that moment I had to choose myself because I was dying at the same time for my organs shutting down. And she had to go back and stay with her family. I couldn't help her because I didn't have anyone else. I had to take care of myself. I couldn't take care of us both. And so I went, that was the moment where I stepped into this reality of like, I'm responsible for my life and nobody else's. And if I want better things in my life, I have to figure out what I want and how to get that. And so that kind of like just in this really beautiful healing journey for me to go inwards and ask the bigger questions and to figure out who I was and what I was emanating, you know, to stop doing that. And then from there, it just kind of trickled into all of this beautiful awareness of nobody is responsible for what happens in my life other than myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I can't blame the government. I can't blame politics. I can't blame my next door neighbor. I'm the one that creates my existence and no one else has control over that. And I'm not giving my power up to anyone else. That's the biggest problem. Everyone wants to point fingers and say, this is what's wrong with the world. And these people are the reason for this. And it's like, no, live your life and create your reality. And that is what you're going to start seeing externally. You're no longer going to pay attention to the victim mentalities and the people who are playing that same game. You're going to be too busy 
focusing on yourself and your growth and what you want in your life. And from there, the most important message that I can give people surrounding this is when you are in that space and you're creating your own reality and emanating this beautiful light that you are because you're just in your zone and you're focused on you and what you're creating, your creation, that is the most healing thing that you can do for the rest of the world is being yeah. you in, in your true authenticity and doing things that make you feel good and light you up. When you exude that energy into the world, that is healing. We are energy. And when we share that vibration, we open up other people to that possibility as well. So that's the most important thing that anyone can do for themselves. And when they think about like, oh, well, I want to, I want to help the world. That's the most important thing that you can do to help the world. Wow. So much to say. And I was getting so many like full body chills as you were speaking about your partner and just creating that connection of like, oh my gosh, I'm attracting this into my life. And um, I really feel as much as, you know, not to take away the validity of the grief and of the challenge and of the pain to go through that. But I think the overall theme here is for everyone to, to take away is, you know, truthfully that sometimes we have to hit those rock bottoms to make massive shifts, unfortunately, but then fortunately at the same time, you know, and I feel that we all sign these contracts with the higher power people up there and with people in our life to really give us those lessons because life isn't meant to be easy. And again, not discrediting grief and loss and death. However, I have talked to so many people that have had those experiences in different ways that has dramatically shifted their life for the better. And it's like, if that wouldn't have happened, who would you be today? Right. And I think that's something to really, really absorb is that when we hit those pivotal moments, because the universe, God's source, creator, whatever you want to, mm -hmm. whoever you believe is upstairs is like, you're not changing. Here's something to change. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest part of knowing that life can be easy. It's based on your conditioning and what you're creating for yourself. We're meant to go through certain challenges in life that get us to who we are, but then part of our evolutions as humans, and we'll talk about my near death experience, I'm sure, but part of our evolution as humans is to learn that we create our own reality, yep. right? So we go through pain when we are not aware of that, but part of our evolution is to become aware of the fact that we are our own creators and we are creating our own reality. So yes, our lives can be easy. And this is why you see people reach a point in their life where it's typically around their late thirties, early forties, where they start, they just take off and they have a great life. Like things just change for them. And that's because we're coming into that awareness of being our own creators. Now, granted, we have access to so much technology and all its information now, that people are starting to understand this at a younger age, right? But again, this is part of the evolutionary cycle of humans learning like, oh, okay, we go through all of this when we're not aware of it. And then we become aware of it. And then we take charge of our destiny, right? Mm -hmm. When I was in my twenties and I was living in Austin, I was on a bike ride and I get downloads quite often because of my experiences that I've had. I can connect and tap in pretty quickly, easily. If I feel like I'm in that space too, and I got sent a message one day about the present moment. And it was shown to me the present moment is the present moment. And it's not present in the form of like, you're destined to live out this specific life. Present means that the things that you are doing right now 
are going to be what you see in the next couple months or next years, whatever that looks like. What you do right now has an impact on the next cycle of your life. It's mm-hmm. not just like, you know, destined thing that, that you just signed up for this and there's no way to change this, all this stuff. It's what you're creating now in the mm. moment is your present next step, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're creating in this moment is what we're going to see. So if you don't like what you're continuing to see in your reality, then change it. Change yeah. the people that you surround yourself with. Stop watching media that's going to feed you negativity or fear or keep you locked into the small mentality. Start paying attention to things that are going to help you grow. If there's something you want to do, watch educational videos on it. You know, stop spending your time on Netflix. Watch something that's going to help you build your business that you're looking to do. There's so many easy ways to transition into, you know, not playing the victim anymore and to actually creating your reality. And we have no more excuses. Like yeah. you can you can come up with like, oh, well, I just don't have the time. And it's like, what about that three hours that you spend when you're just like searching for random things? Like you have time. You just need to actually make it a priority, you know? I, uh, I love uh, all that you're saying and I resonate and I'm a big advocate for too, is like, we do create our own reality. And when we start to take a grip on that and when we start, it's truly like when we are ready to face the person in the mirror, coming right back to that, um, right back to that thought, because we are the ones that are attracting what we, what we have in our life. And when I did my NLP master prac, um, last June, a big part, I mean, he spent a whole like five hours on quantum, quantum energy. And my brain was like melting at that (laughs) point, but it was like, Oh my God. Um, but that's not the point, but the point was he was leading into how we do create our own reality and how our, thought processes actually start to find evidence of Mm -hmm. what we're already thinking. So it's like, for example, maybe um, you're, you applied for a promotion at work, or maybe you're hoping that you're going to sign a new client and you're in like the process of it, but you're thinking about, oh my God, I'm not going to get it. I'm not worthy. I'm just, I can't do it. Right. And this client, they're not going to think I'm credible, blah, 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 blah. And then you get it and you're like, duh, of course I didn't get the, uh, like the promotion. Of course I didn't sign that client. And you're just like, yeah, I suck. Right. And it's like, what you're actually doing is transmitting that frequent, that negativity and like what the universe is saying, okay, you want more of that? Here's more evidence. And I think for a lot of people, at least for me, that was like a massive shift because I was like, holy shit, like my thoughts are so powerful. And also our subconscious cannot, um, cannot comprehend negatives. So mm-hmm. when you're saying, I, I don't think I can, it's literally saying I can't. Mm-hmm. And so when we start to really bring that into our awareness of like, what are the thoughts that we're attracting or what we're saying to ourselves? How do we spend our time in ourselves and our mind? And then we look at our life and I, I guarantee if you actually sat down with pen and paper, you would look at, Oh my gosh, I have been negative to myself. I have been saying I can't, and then look at the evidence. So what would happen if you shifted the thought? What would happen if you put a new frequency out? And it's not to say like, and I get that for me, it was very hard to be like, I'm going to snap my fingers and do it all myself. I had to literally take myself, put myself in a new environment, be around Mm -hmm. like-minded people, invest in myself for the first time, do the uncomfortable, scary things to show me what's possible. And just to piggyback off of what you're sharing around creating your reality, you have to literally put yourself in a new position to think greater than your environment. And a lot of the times as evolving humans that we are, we need proof of concept, right? And I talk to my clients a lot about this too. And it's like, you need to see your idea 
being manifested into reality. So go to events, go to networking, put yourself in a scary position that you think you can't do because then that's going to continue to prove to your ego you can, and then you're going to start attracting those things and it's going to just be more fluid. Yes. Yeah. You know, there is something that I wanted to touch on there and let me see if I can bring this forward in a good. So we're talking about thoughts, right? And, and I, I I want to remind people that it's not just the thought though, right? Because yeah. we can think a million things over and over again, and we're yeah. never going to see them. You could think, oh, a million dollars, a million dollars. And that's not going to do anything that it really comes down to the feeling behind the thought. That's yeah. when thought takes form, yeah. right? So, because again, we're vibrational beings. And it's so leaving it. To, yes. You have to feel like you're already in that. So like when you close your eyes and you're thinking of yourself in this beautiful town with trees all around you and you're just at peace and it's quiet and you're just in love with where you are, you know that feeling. You can get to that space where you get full body chills and you're just happy. That is feeling a thought. That is actually becoming one with it. And there's a lot of science behind the fact that it's like 15 seconds is all you need in order to really pump that into your subconscious mind. As long as you can stay in that feeling for 15 seconds, you're working towards that, that vision. Now, (laughs) how do I, how do I transition this? Because it's, you want to be able to feel what you're experiencing, but there's also the bigger point of letting go. Mm. Okay. Because it's, that's where people get trapped is they have these feelings. And when they have them immediately after They start thinking, oh yeah, but there's this. And what if this happens? They automatically get drawn back into that negative place, right? Unintentionally. So one of the best things that you can do, and the way that I really used to like to tell my clients is when you're in that space and you want to create something, whether it's your business, whether it's money, a relationship, whatever, go do something that you love. So I like climbing. I'm a climber. And I my go-to is... If there's something I'm creating, I get to the climbing gym. I think about, I'm in my car, I'm in the feeling, I'm, you know, going through the visual in my mind, I'm seeing what I want. And then I go into the climbing gym and I climb and I'm engaging with people. So then I completely let go of what I was thinking of in the car. So then that way it has the freedom and the energy to actually draw itself together. Mm -hmm. Because then otherwise, otherwise I'm going to be stuck in that thought and it's just going to be ruminating. And the more you think about something is not better, right? Even if you're just constantly, oh, I just want this to happen. Oh, even if you're being positive about it, if you're constantly in that thought process with it, it has no freedom to actually draw the energy in. Mm. I always say it's like, there's a wall, right? And if you keep trying to hit the wall, like you're trying to get past the wall, you're never going to break through. But if you just stop and let the wall dissipate, then you can move through through to the next round, right? Mm. And everything is a dance with the universe. You take a step, the universe takes a step. You take a step, the universe takes a step. You have to have, you have to be action oriented with your desires, which means if you want to see something come to fruition, it's your business. You also need to get on the computer and do the physical work and then take a step back and allow the universe to present the next opportunity. And then you just follow. So it's not this like grinding, you know, we we're in this like society right now. It's like grind, like get everything done, work yourself to the bone. And it's like, no, it's a flow. You need to find your own flow, 
right? Because it's not like a one size fits all. It's like for myself, I may work two days nonstop, just feeling like this momentum. And then the next day it's like, okay, just sit Lynn, just sit and go do something, go play volleyball, go play pickleball, go do something fun. But now it's time to take a step back. So the universe can come in and, and do the rest. Right. But it's about finding that flow for yourself and not just feeling like you have to work, you know, 80 hours a week in order to make this thing manifest. That's not that you don't have to work that hard at all. Yeah. Yes. And I love how we're just like organically going into like creating your own reality and being a match for your desires and taking the aligned action. It's something that I just really am so passionate about. And I, I truly feel and I know that all of us that speak on this it's because we've lived it and we are living it. And truthfully, it is that sense of really learning how to surrender and let go. And I'll be honest, sometimes I have a hard time doing that, but I've gotten better to recognize that my energy type, and I don't know if you're into human design, but I do human design readings. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there we go. And as you know, I'm a projector, so we need lots of rest and lots of play. And so no matter what type you are really, but you need play and play and rest really fuel that creativity that, that re-sparks inspiration. I realized when you mentioned the grind mentality, it was like, that's what I thought you were supposed to do. You had to work all day, be on the computer all day. And that that came from my mentality of corporate. And Mm -hmm. now I'm in this place of like more flowing of like, like you said, like I can work three to four and especially as projectors, like we need only like have those energy block or energy. Mm-hmm. We need those work blocks. And I am honoring more of my energy type of working two to four hours a day, mm-hmm. taking a big break, relaxing, putting on Netflix if I want and not feeling guilty about it. And girl, my it's like I wake up to a new application the next day or I wake up to an inquiry on coaching and I'm like, this is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Let it be. Exactly. Um and so I want to transition a little bit because I'm getting excited to hear more about it. And I'm sure our audience is too. We've mentioned a couple of times this near-death experience. And so if you're open to sharing as much as you feel comfortable, I would love for us to dive deeper into what that was for you. And then how did that transform your life? Because yeah. I feel like no matter what experience it is, whether it's plant medicine ceremonies, whether it's breath work or coaching session, whatever, that is so monumental in your life. It's like Yes. And how did it impact? So I would love to just really hear deeper about like, what was that for you? And yeah, how did it impact your life? Yeah. I mean, obviously near death experiences are going to be like the most transformational things because a lot of people, when they come back, they're like, oh, like I didn't really want to come back, but I had to, Mm, you know? And, um, so my first one was at the, I shouldn't say my first one because I had a couple when I was a baby, which wow. I think are the reasons that I have a lot of psychic abilities and super intuitive and prophetic yeah. dreams, right? Because yeah. something tapped into that when I was a child. But when I was an adult in my 20s, uh, my first one was at the same time that my partner was dying. And I first like to talk about the fact that because she and I were both so sick, we were actually telepathically communicating. We wow. were able to walk into each other's dreams we were able to communicate without seeing each other. I mean, it was that alone was a profound experience. And mm. had I had I paid attention to that, I was like, oh, we're both dying, but we didn't connect that at the time. Wow. Yeah. Um, so what what ended up happening is I ended up, you know, having to take care of myself. And I got to the point, I'll try to keep this part of it short, but where I was lying in bed 
And I was like, I, I need water. And I had been for months, just like I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't have energy and it was just bad. Like it took everything I had to just wake up and feed my dogs. Mm. My dogs are, are like my life. I love them. And they weren't allowed in my room though. I had a boundary, not in my room. And I get up and I'm crawling to the kitchen to get water. And I'm like passing out along the way. It took me like 15 minutes to get like 10 feet. And I finally get back to my bed and I was just like, I'm done. Like I'm ready to let go. Mm. And the bigger thing there was, I had always been afraid of dying because I didn't know someone was going to know my dogs needed help because mm. they were going to be trapped alone in the house. And I didn't have anyone there. So I was like, who's going to know about them? Right. So I'd always had this fear. That was my only fear. Mm. And I go back into my room and my dogs come into my room and they lay right beside me. And at that moment, I was just like, it's okay for me to let go. They're going to mm. be okay. Mm. And I just had the most sense of peace that I could ever explain. I think the sense of peace that I felt in letting go was what people seek to have in this reality without having to die. <laughs> it was profound. It was so beautiful. And I was just at peace and I had the biggest smile on my face and I was just like, I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I, I closed my eyes for a second and the second I did, I just see this like profound white light and and I'm just like happy. I'm just so happy. But then all of a sudden there's these two guides who come to me and they're native American spirit guides on horses. And for me, when I came out of it, that was really profound because I had always had a really deep connection to native American culture. And I could never understand why like drums, native American drumming takes me into a trance immediately. It's one of the mm. only things that can get me there super quickly. And so it's always like, what is this? And it turns out I had lived many lives as a Native American. And so that's why yeah. I'm drawn to certain places mm -hmm. in the world and where I've lived. Yeah. But they came to me and they said, you can't come yet. Like you can't come back yet. Full and body chills right now. Wow. <laughs> and they're just like, you have to go back and you have to do X, Y, Z. They told me what I needed to do. Wow. And I was like, I was like, I don't have the energy to. And they're like, you will. And I was like, okay. And so back in they, my eyes open and I'm like, I don't have pain in my body right now. I'm like, okay. Wow. And so for the first time I'm able to stand up and I go into the bathroom and I do exactly what they told me to do. And, um, anyway, that started a very long healing process. I was, I started flushing liver flukes out of my body that were the size of like an inch and a half long liver flukes are parasites that build up. Like when your body's shutting down and it's like a good parasitic and, you know, place for them to grow. And I literally had liver flukes coming out like half an inch to an inch and a half long and many, many times throughout the next couple of months. Wow. And so that was like a big part of healing from that point. And then I found out that my partner died. No one told me because there's a whole thing with their family and them not wanting me to know about anything. And so I found out that she died and they did not tell me. And so then that kind of like cascaded my symptoms. And then soon after I ended up with a ruptured appendix right after my dad died. And it was literally a week after my dad died, I ended up in the hospital with a ruptured appendix. And it was a bad case. Like they were sure my doctor was certain that I was going to die. He was like, he's like, I'm not letting you leave. He's like, you're going to be in here for a week until I had peritonitis. They had me on a drain tube. But again, going into that experience, 
at first I had the doom for this one because it was a sudden thing. I had that sudden sense of doom that they talk about. Like when you know you're in trouble and something oh, bad just happened, yeah. I had that sense of doom where I went and I laid in my bed. I was like, oh shit, something bad just happened. I had no idea what at that point, but I knew that I was in trouble. And so I ended up going to the hospital a day later. I waited an entire day before going to the doctor and I wait for like probably three hours before I let them take me into surgery. And it's because I had to reach that place again where I'm ready to leave and they come and they say, you're going to be okay. Um, have the surgery. You're going to be fine. And while I'm being wheeled into the hospital, there's seven of the people who are surrounding my bed, who are taking me into anesthesia. And these people were earth angels and they're like, these are, these are people who are going to help you and they come into your life for a reason. It's very, very quick. You know, they're only here for a short time, but when I saw them, they're just lit up. Like they had lights all mm -hmm. behind them, but they were here on earth and people mm -hmm. show up to us as earth angels for very short times, you know? And so that was one of my, like that experience alone was a beautiful thing to acknowledge, but it was when I came back from that experience, when I'm back in the hospital bed, and I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I have to be here. And I need to put both feet on the floor. Like I'm not escaping this reality and it's not mm -hmm. my time. And I, that was the first time that I stopped trying to escape. Like I, I, I mean, like I said, I was suicidal in my twenties too, but this was the moment where I said, I need to put both feet on the floor and I need to be here. I have reasons to be here and I need to stop trying to escape. And sure enough, that changed my trajectory. And I was shown a lot through these in, in the realm of like, it seemed like it was days of education, right? But it had only been like minutes of being mm. in this separate world. And I think one thing that a lot of people would be curious about is what I was shown. The closest that humans have ever portrayed what it's like on the other side is Avatar, where mm. We are, there are beings from other planets here. And I am one of those beings. And I am just in this body that is a shell, right? And the reality is like, we have destroyed other planets. We have, you know, been in societies where we are no longer able to live on the physical planet that we came from. And so Avatar, like, I'm telling you, it, it's kind of creepy how close they got it. Aside wow. from little vessels where you have to hook up the machines, like we are these, we're, this is just a shell. This is our vehicle in this lifetime, but we're completely disconnected as far as if you want to go somewhere. And that's why we can astral travel. That's why we can, you know, that's why even like the Navy and the government uses astral projection because they know these things, right? Yep. And we're able to project ourselves anywhere because we're not actually attached to these physical bodies. Yeah. That's why we can have these like massive, like spiritual experiences through plant medicines and through near-death experiences or really even um, breath work and meditations. It's like, I think it's just so shocking for the body. And it's so incredible to hear like having a lived ex person in front of me, like that's moved through this because I, I haven't had any near-death experiences, but I've had a lot of um, ceremonial experiences through plant medicine, breath work, all the things I mentioned. And it's like, you get out of it at first, you're like, what? Like, was that real? And then you have another one and then you talk to the people and you're like, it's real. Mm -hmm. It is real. And so it is, it's just, it's really mind blowing. So you had that experience. You saw those things. 
And you were getting messages that like, no, Lynn, you need to be two feet on the ground. You need to take control. And so was that like the appendicitis, was that like your second near-death experience that you had? And then things started, you were just like, okay, I'm taking radical ownership of my life. I'm the creator of my reality. And just all those things started to really like change for you. It sounds like. Yeah, that was the, that was the last time. And that was the moment of what do I want from this life? And I started playing. Like I always talk about the importance of play because what we were shown, what I was shown, I say we, but is that play is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself because the more joy you bring yourself, the more you bring others, which is what I talked about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. You can't exude a positive energy if you yourself are not in joy. Yeah. And I think one of the bigger pieces there though, is I was shown because I am part of a bigger council um, like who I am as a being, which made so much sense because I always attracted famous people since I was literally 15 years old. I always like, they would come to me and they would want to talk to me and I could never understand what is this? Like, what is this energy and why is this happening? And they showed me you're part of a much bigger council and mm-hmm. people can sense this when they're around you. And so when I was part of this council, they were showing me like, this is who you are and what you have to share. And it's time to start sharing it. And part of that was stop following the media. Stop, you know, like they're showing me like the biggest problem is that everyone is trying to fight against each other. And they think by fighting against something that they believe in is somehow better than what the other people are fighting against. And it's like, the reality is you're not going to change anyone's mind by fighting them, right? It, It doesn't matter what the context is. You're not going to change someone else's mind and you're not meant to change someone else's mind. Share your information, And the people who need it will find you and to teach people how to resonate and take what resonates with them and to leave the rest of it because everyone follows everyone so easily and so blindly. It's like everything becomes a fad and everything is just like this, this game that people sheepishly follow. And I don't mean to call people sheep. That's not the point. It's just like this reality that so many people follow without ever asking, is this what I feel is true for myself? Yes. And that is everything that it comes down to. Don't listen to a single person if you don't believe it. Like if it resonates, take it and move forward with it and see where it leads you. But yeah. don't let that be like your life mission is to live like somebody else, right? Take what resonates, move forward and find your own journey with it. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be this competition. And yeah. Yeah. Oof, like preaching to the choir. Like that's why I was like, yes. <laughs> no, it's so true. And again, like the pandemic, I don't want to get too deep into this, but I will say I feel like the the pandemic, it was like this like massive like like ripple in the like earth where it was like to the point where everyone was like, oh wait, what's going on? Oh, I'm stopped in time. Oh, what, what do I really want? What do I really want to hear? And that was when I had my first spiritual awakening and, or like initiation into it. Well, I'd say, yeah, my first awakening. And it was just like, I was seeing like color for the first time again. And then it was looking at the media. Like, I just feel the pandemic was such a place for a lot of people to really reclaim what that looked like. Like for me, I was, I I'll be honest. I was very blind obedient with the media before I had an awakening. And then when I woke up, it was like, what is true for me? Like what's in my heart? Like 
I have um, an energy healer psychic that I go to and she does a lot of these intuitive happy hours, which is really cool. And she always says like, don't always listen to what you hear. Ask your heart because your heart always knows the truth. And just to echo whatever that is, whatever is coming up for you in life, in business, in relationships, like come back to your center. And if you don't know what your center is, that is a big place to start because you are going to continue like blindly leading your life, doing what you're told. And then, like you said, in your 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe even, you're going to wake up and be like, what the fuck have I been doing this entire time I've been on earth? Because I am not happy with where I'm at. And that's why Mm -hmm. that's what leads divorce, in my opinion. That's what leads to miserableness. And especially like, even if you like, there's a lot of people too that have like multi-million dollar businesses, but they're so suicidal. It's like, well, because you've been leading your life blindly and you haven't really been taking ownership. And so it's just, I think collectively this podcast theme has been around like really taking radical ownership of your life because it will massively shift or you're going to continue living a life that feels mediocre that you're blaming everybody else to. And you're going to like be on your deathbed and say, was this worth it? Right. And that's okay. If people want to choose that, that's their choice, right? Like you can, you can absolutely choose to leave them to live a mediocre existence. That's fine. Just remember that that is your decision. Right. And And I think that's the key. That is your decision. mm -hmm. It wasn't God. It wasn't, this is just like the cards I was dealt. It was your decision, whether or not you want to believe that. Yeah. And so Lynn, I would love to wrap up this podcast with what would be two to three tips you would give our listeners from what we covered today? Because we talked about so many things and there's like, I want to have you on again to talk even deeper into the, some of the concepts we talked about, but what would be two to three things you would want our listeners to leave with from listening to this episode? You know, it's actually something I feel like we didn't actually touch in on, but your health is mm-hmm. actually what really sets the tone for your life. Because if you yeah. are unhealthy, one, that vibration is going to be lower. And two, you're not going to have the energy to do the things that you actually want to do in life, right? And for myself, that was the game changer. That is what set the stage for me actually being able to create my reality was to come into a healthy body Mm. and to know what it means to take care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit. Because if you don't, you're leading from a space of illness and you're leading from a space of lower vibration. And that's going to be what you continue to attract. Right. And is it okay if I mention my course? Yes, we're going to get into that. Oh, okay. We can connect with you and all of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's just really important to really take care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit and to not jump. I think a lot of people, we get stuck in this. I went through it, so I'm not blaming people, but the spiritual community is extremely toxic in the fact that they think everything is happening for a spiritual reason instead of forgetting that we are also physical beings. We're here. We are spiritual beings to have a physical existence. We're not supposed to be trying to escape this reality. We're Mm. supposed to integrate our, our spiritual understandings into the physical world and to not just escape all the time and trying to be this like high loving vibration being, because that's what, that's where we come from. We don't, we're not, we're here to understand the physical existence and how to integrate that into our daily lives, which means to self-care, self-love and project that energy. And so I think just learning about yourself at the core, take time to be alone, like Mm -hmm. literally learn what it means to be alone and how to be comfortable being alone. Because unfortunately, so many relationships, I'm talking the majority of relationships in this world are based off of codependency and fear. 
So many people are locked in. And that's why I love divorce. When people get divorced, I'm like, congratulations for leaving something that you know is not good for you. It's not this like, oh, how poor me, I got a divorce. It's like, good. That means that it was not in alignment and you need to move on. Like, yeah, yeah. Great. It's not a pity party. It is a congratulations. Now you can step into something more exuberant for yourself once yes. you become in you, you know? Mm-hmm. Oof. Oh, so many things. <laughs> just, I love it so much. And just echoing, yeah, you get to create your own reality. Your health is number one. Your body is the only thing that is going to carry you forward. So it's like everything's good until something goes wrong in your health. So it's like really take proactiveness in your health. And I've really started to really double down on my health, on my gut health and what I'm eating and all of that. Like to me, part of disease is from the food that we eat, which again, I'm just, I got to calm down because sometimes I get into these standards. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I, I love that. And leaving our audience really just like curious, thinking mm-hmm. more. And then getting into, Lynn, how can we connect with you? You mentioned a course. You teased it a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about that and how can we get in touch? So I am actually creating a course right now where people can completely learn about their body, mind, body, and spirit. It's a functional medicine course, and it is geared to help people overcome chronic health conditions at a whole and mental health disorders of all various kinds, because believe it or not, there is literally one root cause to all illness. And I have been in the health field for 15 years and I have been doing my own healing journey and working with clients. And so it's 15 years of education and 15 years of research all put into one course so people can come and actually get the education that they need in order to heal their bodies. Because I was working one-on-one and not everyone can afford $3,000. And so during the pre-launch, it is literally only $50 because I want people to have a no excuse reason to learn about their body and their health and everything that goes into it and how to get better. Mm. And I am that person. I did have chronic health conditions. I did have chronic mental, you know, illness, and I was able to overcome it. And I want others to be able to do that. So you can find that at actually my website, www.lynnrivers.com. And it's L-I-N-N rivers.com. And again, the pre-launch right now, it comes out in February, but if you buy before it is only $50. Wow. Amazing. Everyone go snag that course. I will put all of that in the show notes. And Lynn, thank you so much for this depth and, you know, thought provoking conversation. Again, I would love to have you on again, because I think there's so many more tangents that we can take on. So thank you for your time and your energy today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of flip the switch on life. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you appreciate the show, please jump over to iTunes, give us some stars. If you're feeling for it, write a review. And if you want to learn more about these topics that we discussed today, check out the show notes for more information, or you can also come hang out, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Instagram is Jessica Marie Step, and I will see you guys next week.